the process of coming back to God and him rescuing me from that is such a big piece of why I was able to write this book. Mm. Well, the, that's um, what it's all about. Oh my gosh! Guys, I'm really, really looking forward to sharing this message with you guys today. I'm thrilled you're here today on the Ash and Ivy Show. Welcome to the space. Isn't it such a comfy and grand place to be? Ah, I just feel like... It's just a place for friendship, and I want right now to invite peace into your car or your home or poolside hello summer vacay, wherever you are. I am so thankful for you. Thank you for listening. Today, we are kicking off our declutter challenge on uh, the and the Ash and Ivy group on Facebook, and what a perfect way to start. Like, God totally dropped this in my lap. It's beautiful and exciting. So Angie Heisch is our guest today, and I love how she discovered her passion for organizing and completely turned it into a profession. Uh, Once she became an empty nester, she started her own business. Isn't that so brave? Like so often people feel like I have felt like I'm out of time. I've you know, I wasted time or whatever, but she proves otherwise. She shows us how brave and beautiful you can be even after you've raised your kids. And so today, Angie's telling us all about her book called Unholy Mess, what the Bible says about clutter. And uh, I love, love, love how God picked her up out of a storm and set her on a path with identity and purpose. And you're going to just through her story, get to experience God in a new way today. She is the real deal. She literally just knows how to slice the resistance and get to the heart of the matter. She understands that decluttering goes so far beyond the physical mess. Y'all, we got to know each other for about mm, 30 minutes before we started recording and she totally caught me off guard. I'm not going to lie. When she asked me who I am, like she said, are you a public speaker? Like, who are you? Are you an author? And I was like, oh, and then awkward laughter and no legit. It was such a wonderful question. Uh, well, who, who are you Riley? Like, you know, actually I had someone recently ask me, a question and they and they said when do I get to call myself an artist and I mean I didn't take a second without a breath I said with confidence as soon as you want to be one as you as soon as you see yourself as one step into it call yourself one right and so I could hear that conversation playing in the back of my mind as I'm answering her question who am I who am I and so um so yes I know right like I'm an author, I'm a public speaker, maybe only in my imagination, but I'm starting to see it. I'm starting to see it and it's starting to take shape and it's strenuous and it's slow. And so honestly, when I say, what am I? This is what comes to mind right now. I feel like sleepless nights full of ideas and daytimes full of uncertainty I am questions. I am hopeful. I am trusting. I am waiting. I am anxious. I am impatient sometimes. I am just keeping afloat all the responsibilities before me. I'm saying yes to whatever presents itself and walking in curiosity. I am shutting down the influence of too many voices. I am tender to God's whisper. I am present. I am dreaming. Is that what an author and a public speaker does? Uh, I don't know, but that's who I am right now. And that's that's the best I've got. And so I don't exactly know the answer to her question, but I am a podcaster and I do love it. I do know a couple things for sure. And one of those things is that I love, I have seriously fallen in love with making space for others to meet God in story. Every single time I hear of him moving in someone's life, it reintroduces me to him. It creates a softness in my heart. It pulls him close. It makes him feel so real. And I cherish that she asked me that question. It was poignant. It was timely. 
and listening to myself um, on the recording, kind of fumbling through my answer was actually really beautiful and exposing to how much I've grown in the past year. And the truth is, I know who I am. No, I don't have a title. I don't know where I'm going, but I love where I am now. And that is a new feeling. I feel just right. I have plenty of space to be present, be still, and say yes to whatever is needed for this day. So a million times while editing this episode, I stopped and took so many notes. I just was constantly flooded with ideas and was jotting them down. And you know, I have deep feelings about this topic. I can't say all that I want to on, you know, on this episode because I would totally hijack her episode and get on my soapbox. Uh, But I'm going to let my girl Angie do her thing. It is pure truth today. She's bringing power for your life. So we're going to jump in. If you're in our Ash and Ivy group already, I definitely want you to be a part of today's declutter challenge. It's going to be going on for a couple weeks. Post your before pictures, get brave, post your after pictures. Um, I want you to post that before picture on, on Monday because it will make you do the work so that you can be proud and post that after picture, okay? There is no pressure. This is not a pass or fail. It's just being with your friends. It's hanging out. It's doing some hard work together, Um, but it's set up for just 30 minutes of work a day, and uh, it's just, and like I said, it's just taking those steps towards freedom. So if you're not in the group already, this is your invite. You are Welcome, so very welcome. And so look me up on Facebook, Ash and Ivy Friends. Okay, okay, let's get it, friends. Yeah, thanks, Riley. It's uh, great to talk with you. Uh, So my name is Angie Heitch, and I'm a professional organizer. Uh, My business is called Ship Shape Solutions. Um, I have kind of a winding, twisty route to get Uh, where I was as far as being a business owner. I've worked in medicine as a pediatric physician assistant. I've worked in education as a high school teacher, as an elementary school assistant. I spent the bulk of my adult life raising my daughters who are 26 and 23. Um, But for the last, oh, like 15 years, I guess, of my life, I uh, wasn't, I knew that there was something else I was supposed to do, but I wasn't sure what it was. Um, when I was doing some volunteering in community theater, some acting and, um, the room where the theater stored all their stuff was a complete disaster. So a friend and I decided, okay, we cannot stand this. We can't find anything. It's just ridiculous. So We spent months going through everything. Um, They had a storage unit. They didn't even know what was in there. So we pulled everything out. We sorted and decluttered and put things in containers and labels. And in the midst of all that crazy mess, I said, this is amazing. I want to do this. (laughs) So uh, I soon found out that organizing was an actual profession. And so I said, okay, that's what I want to do. That's definitely what I want to do. But uh, then I found uh, found out that it wouldn't be quite so easy as just saying, okay, I'm going to be an organizer and just trying to find an organizer and work for them. It means starting my own business. And I was way too intimidated by the thought of that to do that. So it would be several years until my husband and I hit the empty nest stage before I felt like I had the time to do it. And he kind of convinced me uh, that, yeah, I know it's intimidating, but I'm with you all the way. And I feel like you're going to regret it if you don't try. So that was, that was the summer of 2016. Okay. I jumped in scared to death (laughs) and uh, it's been just an incredible ride. I love it so much. And um, so how did you know, like you said, uh, you knew that there was something else, like what did that feel like? Or Um, 
Well, when I was home with my girls, I was absolutely where I needed to be. I, I was, yeah, it, I knew that from before I even got married, that when I get married and have kids, I, you know, I can't wait to stay home and raise them. But when I ba- went back into work um, and I was working as a teaching assistant because I didn't feel confident enough to get back into medicine, having been out that long, but um I don't know. I, I, I liked what I did and I was pretty good at it, but I was, I was also as an assistant, you're kind of the low man on the totem pole. And I wasn't feeling challenged. I wasn't feeling like, you know, here I am with two degrees. I'm not using either of them. I'm just frustrated. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I can do more. I feel like I've got more to offer than sure. what I'm able to do here. And it was mainly the fact that I could not stop thinking about this organizing business. And, you know, I think when God's got something in mind for you, he keeps putting it out there. (laughs) Spirit is speaking to you like, Hey, remember that thing? Um, So yeah, I think that was, there was a lot of things, unhappiness where I was and just the continual um, prompting of the spirit too. So gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in the first few years of working with clients and and most of what I do is in the home and I do help people with decluttering is probably the main kind of client. So someone who's been in a house for many, many years, they've got a bunch of stuff and they're just overwhelmed. Like, I don't even know how to get started here. Um, I can't find things. I'm just, overwhelmed. Please just help me figure out a plan. And so as I work with these clients and see all this clutter, all this stuff they don't need and all the ways that it affects them. And I would come home from those situations and feel like, oh, it's so nice to be in my home that is not cluttered and a little bit of superiority, I guess. And Then the more reading that I did about what clutter is and its effects and minimalism and, and Bible study and finding this group, faithful organizers, Christian professional organizers, then I realized, okay, clutter is way more deep than just stuff Mm. sitting in the house. I guess because when you're going into someone's personal space, you're probably hitting a lot of resistance. Oh yes. Right. Definitely. And there's, there are reasons why we cling to our stuff. And so you're Um, doing this and then starting to realize, okay, there's a lot more to this. Yeah. There's a lot more to it. And I also realized uh, that my, in my own life, although I Uh didn't have the, the physical clutter in my home, you know, I didn't have very much stuff that I didn't use, but Clutter is anything that distracts you from their, your focus, anything that keeps you from being able to uh, do the things that are most important. So in a broad sense, clutter can be something not physical. Like for me, it was a calendar that was crammed with activity such that I was just go, 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 go not really taking the time to think about, well, what are my priorities? I say, that God and my family are the most important. But if you look at the way I spend my time, that wasn't necessarily true. Um, Obsession with my to-do list, uh, just constantly wanting to go, go, go and get stuff accomplished when maybe that wasn't what I was supposed to be working on anyway. Sometimes I would fill my life with things because when, when it was quiet, and I started really thinking about my life. I realized that my walk was not matching my talk. And I was uh, sort of staying busy to avoid those deep questions. Mm. I see that so much with, yeah. I think just parenting and in lots of ways, but in my phase of life, just the parenting demands and, and the culture that promotes chaos. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We, we are, America's a culture of the busy. And when we kind of wear our busyness like a badge of honor, 
So if you're busy, you must be really important. Yeah. And um, the other thing was that I had always, I've always been a real rule abider. You know, uh, if this is what I'm supposed to do, then I'm going to do it. But my heart was just really not there. Um, and that eventually caught up with me. And um, I went through a stage of life where I just kind of said, okay, I've spent all my life doing what I'm supposed to do. And I just wonder what it would be like if I went the opposite way. Mm -hmm. And I had a period of time where I was in complete rebellion. Um, I still look back and think, I don't even recognize who that was. And that feeling for so seven, were you an adult? Oh yeah. It was, yeah, it was, uh, like 2011 to 2018. So this is fairly recent. Um, and I was, I was, uh, living a double life and, um, no one knew where my heart really was. Um, and it, God slowly drew me back in, um, have him alone to think, um, messages at church, uh, things, situations that happened that drew me back, um, to God as a result of that coming back to him, I was able to see the clutter in my own life and God gave me this message to write and it came through in a book. Um, wow. Yeah. Do you feel like all of that, that desire or that temptation to kind of steer away from your, the life that you're on, the path that you're on comes from like a feeling of being trapped or just out of that busyness. Like I am living this life. That's not for me. It's not within my gifting. It's not, I'm not doing my passion. And so then it feels like I just need to get out of this. There was definitely that, that aspect to it. Like my life is very stressful and I'm just going to escape. I'm just yeah. going to go to a different place. Um, and I can remember um, growing up uh, always being the one to obey the rules and, and uh, walk that straight path, uh, having conversations with saying like, well, yeah, everybody has their times when they have to sow their wild oats or uh, whatever that means. Um, and, and so it was, it was kind of like, it was almost like a dare um, but it almost destroyed me, my family. Um, and you know, I, I really, I really can't do enough to, to praise God for all that he brought me through. And mm -hmm. yeah, the message that came through that became unholy mess what the Bible says about clutter, um, is a very personal one. Um, and another kind of clutter that I really came to understand about myself, um, I call it attention clutter. Some people call it mental clutter, but, um, in particular, I was extremely addicted to my smartphone <laughs> and I am not alone in this day and age. There are startling <laughs> statistics about the numbers of times that we touch our phones and, um, how much our attention is diverted from what's going on in our lives. Yeah, it's I'm actually in this, um, challenge right now where I'm writing down how I spend every minute of every day. Ooh, wow. Yeah. It's brutal. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's embarrassing to admit that for years, my husband and my children would say, mom, would you please get off your phone? Uh, Facebook and email and texting and gosh. So I had to take some really drastic steps. I did. I had to uh, delete my Facebook account. I'm on there for my business, but, and, you know, there's some, there's some small practical things I did that were really helpful. I, I don't charge my phone beside my bed anymore. Um, 
it's across the room. It's a small thing, but it really helps. We have a no phones at the table uh, rule. Um, so yeah, that, that was a big part of it. I, I'm doing, um, of course, Bible study and prayer is a huge component of this whole healing process. Um, as far as the mental clutter, I've come to value meditation time and, you know, instead of that go, go, go pace time to just be, be silent and still and clear my mind. Um, but it, it's a battle. It's a daily battle. Yeah. So what, I mean, what exactly are you clearing? Like, is it just, is it negative self-talk? Is it distraction? Like what is your goal or what yeah, are you trying to uh, face? What have you found through your meditation? Yeah. Negative self-talk is huge. Um, but probably my biggest issue with the mental clutter is, uh, I'm really, really pulled in by my to-do list, productivity, getting things accomplished. Um, the things on my list, like checking off things off my list. That's the thing that I just, my mind will revert to if there's nothing else going on. So I, I read a devotional and uh, I think it was family life today that said the biggest compliment you can pay someone is your complete attention. Mm-hmm. And it's hard though, you know, when you're, when you're listening to someone and your mind is, is, uh, on something else or trying to figure out what you're going to say next or whatever, but just mm-hmm. saying, you know, everything else around me, the most important thing right now is this person, mm-hmm. you know, that I'm interacting with. It's not my, what's waiting to get accomplished when I leave here or, um, checking my email or whatever. So that's probably my biggest thing that I'm trying to clear. Yeah. So you kind of went through that period, but within that or towards the end of that is when you kind of decided to start your business. And so can you look back in your story and see where God covered you in that time or like started planting seeds of, of a new dream and a new direction in you? Yeah. So, um, I think it was a very gradual being able to see, okay, yeah, you're working with these clients and you're helping them, but you know, you've got your own issues too. And they are actually probably even more insidious and um, damaging than these piles of stuff that you're helping people clear. Mm. So did you you get help or how did you face that? What, what was the first step? Yeah. Um, coming clean, uh, counseling, um, Christian friends, uh, confession, uh, yeah. Being real about where I was. Yeah. 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 That's good. I know like so much strength. Well, first of all, it's so easy to just hide and isolate when we're Mm -hmm. feeling not good enough or guilty or anything other than whole, we tend to hide and isolate. Mm -hmm. And so it's so hard to reach out and put yourself in a community, but when you do, or when I do, it's like, oh, it just brings this energy up and it just kind of invites you into this hope, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And the first few years of my business, um, although I had clients and I enjoyed it, but I was continuously frustrated at the amount of business I was getting at, I don't know, it just wasn't, it wasn't what I thought. And as I got closer to God, found this faithful organizers group and started seeing that this work that I'm doing with clients, it's, it's actually a real part of my overall ministry. A hundred percent. People are, I think everyone is, is so inclined to compartmentalize everything in their lives. I've got my work and I've got my family and I've got my school and I've got my faith and, and, 
it, it's all related. Mm-hmm. So even, I mean, with nutrition and yeah, health, and it. yeah, it just, it all, you're a whole package. Yeah. So when I do you think I, like I, stepping into stepping towards what your curiosity is about and stepping towards what your heart longs to do mm-hmm. makes it easier to let some of that other stuff go. Do you find yeah, that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was just reading a scripture in, I think it's Ephesians that talks about all the good works that God has planned in advance for us to do. You know, God gave me the skills and the passion to organize and now that I see the faith component and I see how clearing our clutter, whether it's physical or schedule or mental, is all a part of being able to focus more on, on him and bringing us closer to God and being able to merge my faith and my work and, and to help my clients, clients see the depth of that is, it's a level of contentment that I've never hmm. had before. You know, we all do these unhealthy things to try to fix this pain and this void that we feel in our lives. You know, we try to fill it with, with food. I would do that, um, with buying stuff with, um, well, if I just was the best and got this award and if my career was better and if I had more money and if my house was nicer and it, and None of those things are going to fill us. I mean, think about Solomon and Ecclesiastes. He had as much wealth as he wanted, as many wives as he wanted, um, food and drink. I mean, just everything. And he he said, meaningless, meaningless. It's all meaningless. The frustrating part. Yeah. But the frustrating part, the reality is that we can hear other people say that all day. Yes. But until we actually move into our own flow and our own curiosity and our own spirit given work, we're not going to understand. We're going to go, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I know what you mean. Yeah. And yet we're still going to strive and try and work and force happiness and search for happiness. And, and the settled contentment comes in moving in that quiet space and moving out of a place of rest. And it's just something I don't, um, it's, it's what you wish everyone could experience, but Mm. it's so hard. So how has your business changed since you've added the spiritual component? Like what does working with a client look like? Oh, well, if, um, I, I try to find ways to bring up, um, faith initially, if, if my client is a Christian and, and I can be open about that, then, um, yeah. you know, sometimes I have just beautiful examples where someone, if they've been on my website and they've seen my book and they may say, Hey, I, I've noticed your book. And so I'm, that's great. You're a Christian. And, um, sometimes I'll pray with my client and it's beautiful. Um, but even if that doesn't co- end up coming up in our conversations or in sessions or whatever, the fact that I finally have contentment and purpose and knowing this is part of what God laid out for me. He gave me these skills. He gave me this passion and I'm living it out and I'm doing it to glorify him. And I have this contentment and it's so cool when there are times when I have dry seasons, as far as my business. And I think, well, what's going on? Why am I not, why am I not having clients? And then something will happen to where, I need to be available. And so God knew that. And so, (laughs) boom, there's space in my schedule. And then sometimes I'll start getting discouraged, like what's going on? And then boom, I get clients. Um, And being able to trust him with that, it's a whole new, it's a whole new game. Yeah. um, Yeah. Just having this business that's like God-centered and surrendered to his timing and his way. And it's such a backwards way of doing business compared Mm -hmm. to, you know, culture and the world and opposed to push, 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 but, you know, just working out of the rest and working out of the passion and trusting the spirit. It's yeah. I don't know. There's like a tension. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that I don't still work to get hard. No, I work hard. I do the best I can. Um, 
but it's like a, it's a heart centered difference. Yeah. It's an inner inward different. Exactly. Yeah. I still, you know, try to use all the resources I have and, um, but try to make it all the purpose of the whole thing is to glorify God. Cause that's, that's really the purpose of our whole lives as Christians. Mm-hmm. We're all about just pointing, pointing to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I am, I have been, uh, for most of my life, I have been an attention seeker. Me, 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 you know, I want the trophy. I want the straight A's. I Do want you know your Enneagram number? The lead role. Oh, I absolutely know my Enneagram number. And I am a poster <laughs> child type one. Type one. Okay. Yeah. The organizer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like I can't not see what is wrong with the situation. I walk into a room and what I see is what needs to be fixed. And it's like the strongest urge to just fix it, even if I haven't given, been given permission. So, yeah. Yeah, I well, love the I'm such a helpful tool. Me too. Well, I am a glaring three. Um, okay. So a little bit different, but a lot the same as you. And I think it's interesting. Like we could, you could say that same line and say like, oh, it's so frustrating. I just want to fix everything, you know, and see it as a mm-hmm. negative but it really is your God-given gift. Yeah. And yeah. to it be able to see it. it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Very good yeah. at what you do. Yeah. Fun. What's your husband? Do you know him? My husband is a five. Okay. So y'all probably have a lot in common. <laughs> yeah. So he's, he's a, he's, he's a questioner. I, I don't know if you, have you ever um, read Gretchen Rubin, The Four Tendencies? No. Fascinating book. It's about how you meet expectations, your own expectations of yourself, other people's expectations of you, mm-hmm. kind of how you're motivated. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so he's a logical thinker and questioner. And um, so it's kind of interesting figuring out that dance, the different types. My goodness. It's fascinating. And so, so helpful. So helpful. Okay. Angie, well, tell us a little bit about the book, like break it down and tell us what it's about and what we could find in it. All right. So it's all about um, finding that broader definition of clutter is anything that distracts you from what you, uh, what your priorities are. Um, And I divide it into three types of clutter, physical, our stuff, that's the clutter we think about the most, Uh, Mm -hmm. schedule clutter with their calendar and to-do list, and then attention clutter, the things that we think about. Yeah. Um, And there's a lot of scripture in the book, a lot of inspiration, a lot of uh, very open about my own personal struggles in each issue and then there are some practical tips for each of the types of clutter included for each one a lot of research quotes from other writers organizers minimalist oh Um, man sounds like an amazing resource uh, thanks it's so cool I think it is genuinely the coolest thing how you can incorporate your relationship with God and pursuing life into all areas I mean, mm. you know, like we were saying earlier, you can nutrition and, and your mind and your space and your stepping into creativity, it like, it all has to kind of balance, be balanced. Mm-hmm. So what are your tips for, do you have tips for each area? Yes. Yes. Okay. We'll take them. We need them because in, in our Ashton Ivy group, we are going to be starting a declutter challenge this summer. And so this is going to be super helpful. I hope everyone buys the book and helps. That's that's wonderful. All right. So physical clutter, the kind that we tend to think about the most. So when you're deciding what is clutter, um, there's lots of different ways you can look at it, but the most simple way that I have found is just to ask yourself two questions about the things that you own. Do I love it? do I use it? And if the answer to both of those is yes, then that is obviously something you need. Keep. Yeah. Yeah. If the answer to both of those is no, 
I don't love it. I don't use it. Then that's pretty easy. I need to go. <laughs> We're black and white so far. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's when one is yes and one is no that it's a little more cloudy. Um, but there are lots of different ways you can kind of think through that one. But just do I love it? Do I use it? If you can't say a resounding yes to both, then you should at least consider that it might need to go away. Um, you know, really everything we have, our possessions, our time, our money, it's all God's, right? We don't really own anything. If we yeah. want to be good stewards of what God's given us, then if it's in our house and we're not using it, someone else can get some use. Uh, but as far as decluttering, I'm all about, you know, taking a whole day and pulling everything out of a closet and going through it. And I love that. But <laughs> one really simple tip that I always give is something I'll call daily decluttering. So uh, get one container on the main level of your house. And that is your daily decluttering container. And when you see anything in your home that you don't love and use, whether that's a piece of clothing or a coffee mug or a tool or whatever, throw it in that container. When so it this feels- would be like, I tried this shirt on or I've passed it 10 times and I don't yes. like it. It's annoying. Yes. <laughs> Put yeah. it in the basket. In your tinsel drawer. Why do I have five spatulas? This is ridiculous. Yeah. And, and just- it causes probably that feeling of, Ugh. yes. Yeah. Just go it- ahead and take it out. Yeah, just go ahead and take it out. Because what we usually do is say, oh man, I need to go through my closet. Yeah, and and, and some Saturday, I'm going to take the whole day and do it. And then it doesn't happen. So yeah, uh-huh. as soon as you see anything you don't love and use, throw it in there. Make sure everybody in the house knows where that is and that they all do that. And then it fills up and you go donate it and you do it over and over again. I don't have that much stuff in my house. We did a big, big downsize, um, but we still fill up that container all the time. We did a big downsize too, five years ago. Well, I I mean, it was big for us and we just, I just was ready to have, feel simpler, not have that stress. And so we made it a huge priority to kind of create, get rid of all the extra spoons, all the extra mixing bowls. Like I don't need fancy. I don't, you know, and just simplify, but it's been five years. And so Hence the declutter challenge this summer. It's like, how does that happen? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And then uh, another thing I'll say for the physical clutter, a large percentage of our physical clutter is often related to just not having consistent daily habits, um, Mm. such as five laundry baskets full of clean laundry that don't get put up or uh-huh. dishes stacked, they never actually get put in the, or just things laying around that they have a place they belong, but you were in a hurry. And so you just lay it here for now. And it's, you know, so dishes, laundry, and daily pickup, getting regular routines in that makes yeah. a huge difference. That makes so, sense. Yeah. So those, those, uh, those daily habits are, because if, if you if you have those under control, then when you have some extra time, you can accomplish some of those bigger decluttering projects. Yeah. But if not, then you're spending all this time like, well, first let me catch up with the five loads of laundry, and then I might get to the closet, but you never actually get there. So okay. it's right into which maybe this is where you go, and this is how the trail leads, but like is there space in your life to be able to do that? Are you so absolutely right? Yeah. You're just going game busters all the time. And and the reason your house is, is crazy messy is because you don't have time for those daily routines. Then Mm -hmm. you need to look at the schedule clutter issue. You need to be able to examine everything on your calendar and say, well, first of all, what are your priorities? Mm -hmm. And does, if someone looked at your calendar would they know what your priorities are? Mm. Because like I said, I lived a life where I said God was first and then my family. But if you looked at my calendar, I didn't reflect it. Oh, okay. Speak to us, Angie. You got to bring the truth. So like (laughs) looking back at your life, because when you're with the kids and they want to do this and they want to do that, like 
it's harder. It's easier to say than actually do get rid of some of those things. Like Mm -hmm. you wish you had done differently when it wasn't just your schedule that you were making space in. Yeah. What, what do I wish I had done differently when my kids were? Yeah. Like where can you make space? And you said that you just go, 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 but it's hard. It's easy to say that and recognize it, but it's not easy to find the thing to give up. Like how do you mm. know? Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Oh definitely. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it's a matter of not being able to say no to things when we're asked to help with something and you know, there's a big need. And so of course I'm going to say yes to that. Um, when our calendar is so full already, and then we add that and it just makes okay. it more. Free. Um, I think sometimes we, we kind of tell ourselves that we're more important than we are. Like, well, I can't say, I can't say, I can't stop being on that committee because obviously they need me. me. I mean, (laughs) you know, sometimes I I was part of groups that they were really dying, these clubs or committees or whatever. And, and although it was sad, it was like, well, maybe it's time for that group to go away, you know? Yeah. Not everything, you know, everything has a season. And it's not your responsibility to carry it. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not. If, if those things are keeping me from my priorities, then. I have something in my head right now. Like, <laughs> oh. like guilty. guilty. <laughs> I'm not telling you what it is. Okay. Oh, this is, a, this is a fun tip. This is from uh, Laura Vanderkam, V-A-N-D-E-R-K-A-M. She is a time management guru, published several books. Her podcast is great. Um, She was doing an interview with uh, motivational speaker Marie Forleo, and she gave this tip that I just love. So um, sometimes when we're asked to do something, and it's far in the future, and we look at our calendar and we say, oh, yeah, that should be fine because that's not till October. I've got nothing in October. So yeah, I can do that. But it's like we think our future self, our October self is going to be just free and clear. Yeah. So because, but we know come October, there will be a bunch of stuff that got added to our calendar. So the way she said to do it, this is fabulous. So if someone asks you to do something, but it's in the future, pretend that it's actually tomorrow. Oh yeah, that's good. Schedule for tomorrow is packed. But if your attitude for this new thing is like, oh man, that is, that is so in line with my skills and my passion. Oh, I'm, okay. I have got to figure out a way to do this. Let me look at my calendar. I can shift this. Yes. You know, you're just so gung-ho. Yes. Yeah. Doesn't that and, like make sense? Like if you, yeah. if you have these goals, if you have goals and you've, visioned what you want then when something like that happens you can say does this fall in line yes. with who I want to be does it match them does it not and if yeah. not it's not for me yeah but if if you're you think that, that thing is tomorrow and you look at your schedule and you're like mm, I mean that sounds pretty good but these other things are kind of more excited about that then you just just say no even if your schedule in October is full I need a so, sign on my wall just say no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, it's so hard so many things we <laughs> ourselves into know. you know all these shoulds if that goes back to that book you were talking about with the expectations yes we're just people pleasing we're trying to have yeah. identity but when you spend time in the rest and you know what God has spoken to you, it feels good. And if you, it, once you get a, like practice that, then it's like, it gets easier and easier. Yeah. It, let those, God feel has, like, I don't want to feel the way I feel when I go to that committee meeting. Yes. I want God to do these good works lined up for you that are perfect for you. They're just right in your skill set. They're right in your passion. And yeah. If your schedule is so full, you can't even see those or have That's time. Right. Problem. That's exactly it. Yeah. I could talk about this all day. <laughs>
I yeah. love it. I hate it too. Cause I'm a three. So like I'm preaching to myself a hundred percent, but I need it. Like I need to be reminded. I need to have these discussions out loud with people because it's so easy to slip into that identity of busyness. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes you even feel left out. Like when we yeah, really I- quit, I mean, we went through this process of, like I said, we downsized, but then we also downsized our schedule and it was lonely for a mm-hmm. while. Like, yeah. I'm not doing all the things everybody's doing right now. And, but it was also a really sacred time for our family and mm. our kids got along better. They don't always get along, but yeah, they got along better because we weren't just so stressed and tired mm-hmm. and so much good came out of it. Yeah, mm. definitely. So we talked about the physical and then schedule, what? the schedule, schedule. the attention and then um, attention so it's like being present yeah that's being what that pre- idea is right well, the goal yeah. is because we I mean I think what we need to know is what it's we don't want to think about what we're giving up we need to know what we're getting instead like so mm-hmm. what's the goal and why would I not have my phone all the time or why would I you know what I mean like I need to know what the payoff is yeah <laughs> yeah you know, we, we choose most of what goes into our minds. That's another thing is what, what we consume, you know, mm-hmm. through our books or movies or music or whatever. And I love all those. I'm a big, I listen to music all the time. I watch movies all the time, but there are things that I have put into my mind that I wish I hadn't. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a great scripture about, I think it's Philippians about whatever is pure whatever is noble whatever is lovely whatever is you know except except when I need to zone out and distract myself with (laughs) two seasons of this show (laughs) or the crown or yeah (laughs) yeah 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 I'm never going to judge someone and say well that show is wrong or that music is wrong but you know some the spirit kind of nudges us sometimes if we're taken part in something that we really don't need to that's right that's right yeah. and it is easy to just you know move in that direction but sometimes we do need to be diligent and focused and committed to quiet space yeah definitely <laughs> hard well these are all such good tips angie oh, thank you thank you it has been so helpful and um i have one last question for you if you do you have a favorite, and you've shared a lot of scripture, but do you have like a life verse that you cling to for yourself? Yes. And then I want to, I want to say it correctly. So um, 2 Corinthians 5, 16, 21, actually starting in 17. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, a new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. The thought that God could work through me is so humbling and so exciting, you know, and, and I really, I say this a lot that God gave me this message of the book and it sounds like really arrogant, but it's so humbling to think that something that you know, and, and did he like feed the words in my head and they came, I don't know how it happened, but to think that I could be, I could deliver something that could help someone get closer to God. That's just, that's amazing to me. And, it, and it's only possible because of the blood of Jesus, because he rescued me from my, from my sin. And it's beautiful. Yeah, so it's so inspiring. It is. I think the thrill of life is God's voice. And when we recognize that we've been given something by God and we feel chosen and we feel useful, then it literally allows all those things that you were talking about to fall into place. Mm -hmm. They do still take work. Of course they do, but you can't just strive for a clean house and strive for a pure mind and strive 
it's got to come a, from the opposite direction of God speaking into your life and saying, come do this. Like your heart longs to do this and you're curious about this and you are, you know, in all of this, whatever it is, that thing that just, I think we all have it, that thing that calls to us organizing the theater, like being curious and stepping into, I really want to organize a theater. Well, do it then do it. Mm. Because when you follow the curiosity, look what happens, you know, it's like so much life on the other side of you organizing that closet. Like it's insane. It's insane. And I just, I am in awe of it and it is humbling, but it is literally life itself it is the mm-hmm. and and there's so much life in it and every yeah. single person gets to have it if they look for it yeah. yeah god has promised this abundant life if we're willing to to get rid of everything that distracts from it and, and focus on serving him mm, goodness angie well, you have given us a tall order it's a big challenge but you've also given us the tools to follow it and pursue it. And so everybody should, should look you up and, and get your book, Unholy Mess. And where can they find you? I, uh, my website is shipshape.solutions. And it's amazing. Yeah. It's so well organized. Oh, thank you. Okay. Thank you. Uh, you can find my book on Amazon, Unholy Mess, what the Bible says about clutter. I'm going to be starting this summer. I'm going to be starting to write a Bible study companion for the book. Yeah. And probably I'm going to probably uh, do an audio version of the book as well. So it's an ebook and a, and a paperback now, but I'd like to have the audio version as well. And yeah. And do the Bible study companion. So, and I'm, that's wonderful. I'm doing virtual and in-person workshops on the book so and I'll travel to places so churches bible study groups book clubs um you're gonna take me with you right yeah just kidding (laughs) as much as we've enjoyed talking today I mean I you we could just be on the plane or in the car talk 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 I'd I'd love to have you (laughs) we'd be a good team yeah mail me angie at shipshape.solutions and um yeah thank you so much for having me so much fun you're amazing